and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your host, Daniel Colburn. That's burn, not born. Burn. Technically, it's spelled yeah, it's O-U-R-N-E. Burn. I, just, I say born to people when I need them to know how to spell it off the bat. Right. But then burn to like insiders I'm at the DMV or like somewhere. us. Right. So like if I'm telling someone what my Twitter handle is, I say D. Colborn because right, I want them right, to right. type it incorrectly. But if you're telling someone like what? What's the opposite? If I'm just like saying hey to a dude on the street, like, hey, what's up, Daniel Colburn? Good to meet you. Word. Right, right, right. Daniel Colburn. Because especially burn, burn. if I don't want someone to successfully Google me, you know? Good idea. Like Obfuscate your last stay, name. Stay under the radar. Right, right. I like it. You know, Porzio like you should, was originally... You should call yourself uh, Caleb, Caleb Persia. Yep, that works. Persia. <laughs> um, it, Porzio was originally Porco in the motherland. Porzio. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it, got, it got changed along the way. I'm pretty glad about that. I'm pretty sure Porco means pig in Italian. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, mm-hmm. Caleb the pig. Caleb the pig. You know what? I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for loving me either way, DK. How you doing, bud? Um Yeah. I've Ben loved you. Thanks. Gonna keep doing it. Thanks, pig or no Deke. pig. Um Uh-huh. Deke, well, we got a few things to cover here today. But first sure we should do. talk about Rogue Amoeba updates, because you started to say this and I was like, hey, save it. Uh yeah. Audio hijack is an excellent piece of software by Rogue Amoeba for the man. Thank you for sponsoring and the show, Rogue it to record audio. Dude, we forgot to do yeah, the sponsor you, pit. Uh, to, oh, my. We never forgot. Well, uh, this episode is brought to you by Rogue Amoeba. They didn't pay for this. Yep. Um, Rogue Amoeba, they make software for the Mac. Uh, I use it all. And one of them is um, Audio Hijack. And Audio Hijack is what I use to record. It basically like takes audio streams and records them and does all kinds of stuff. So like I have like a level meter. I'm recording Caleb's audio at the same time in case his inter- internet craps out or his computer breaks. Thanks, bud. Um, so yeah. I uh, Anyway, I was just commenting on the fact that literally every week when we record the podcast, there's an update to Audio Hijack, and I can't imagine what could possibly be changing. Right. And so, and I, and I agree. Like it's such a utilitarian and simple app. It's like, it's what features right? need to be updated to this. Um, and I've noticed, I wanted to riff on this bias that I've uncovered for myself, that mm-hmm. I think that all software is really like, you know what? I don't want to say easy to write. I don't think that. I think that the stuff I use that works is just like good and, and will work forever for everyone. And I'm like, you know, I, I was, uh, um, so this came up, I was talking to Jonathan Renning. He's working on, on Inertia.js and it's a long way out. It's a ton of work. Um, sorry, working on Inertia.js 1.0. And in my mind, uh-huh. I'm like, can't you just tag 1.0? Like, don't much, I've used it. Like, yeah. just give it the tag, bro. Like, what else do you need? Yeah, yeah. And and I could see someone else being like, dude, like I, Taylor asked me at one point, he's like, so like, uh, are you done? <laughs> like with Livewire, like, is it good now? Is it is it all settled? Like, what else would you need? And I'm like, dude, right. bro. Oh my gosh, you know. Um, but Nowhere in my mind, it. or like Tailwind. When I think about like Tailwind, I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Like, isn't it just done? Yeah, there's a class for every CSS attribute. Like, do you like, have anything else left? to do, Adam? Aren't you just done? Like, I've used it yeah. a lot, and it's fine. 
Mm-hmm. Got to keep adding things like animate yeah, spin. Right? Did you know about that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris showed it to me. Um, yeah, bro. There's a bunch of cool animates. I just found them in the docs and was like, who doggy? Mm-hmm. Didn't know about that. Yeah, it's wild stuff. Wild so, anyway, stuff. Anyway, do you have that bias? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I, I mean, as with everything, I assume that everything is less work that exactly. other people do, and everything yes. I do is more work. That's it, Daniel. You've captured it perfectly. Uh huh. So what do we got to uh-huh. get? Couldn't you just? Couldn't you just do whatever? Right? Isn't it like fine? Yeah. 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 It works for just me. Ship it, dude. Ship it, squirrel. So we got a few few real banger topics on the show today and we really only have oh, yeah, one dude. real banger oh, yeah, topic dude. no eh, two and a half yeah two and a half so i got laricon online tomorrow i'm gonna be online, online the talk at laricon online yeah i just heard your talk yep daniel just uh helped a brother out watched my talk and has nothing but raving reviews go buy your yep. ticket uh but but Caleb didn't update Chrome, and so the whole time I was just bothered by the update Chrome button yeah. in the top right. Yep. It's driving me crazy. So you know the problem with that is like, why do I need to update Chrome? Isn't it good enough? Right, just you know? to make the button go away. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Isn't, Isn't it, it done? done? Didn't you Aren't finish you done, Chrome? Chrome? <laughs> um, and so Daniel, <gasps> you uh, have a few things to talk about. Boy, oh boy, do I, Caleb! The day has come. The day has finally come, and it's been a day that we've been talking about for a long time, long you and I, and it's a day that I've been talking about for longer than I even Since knew you. Since you were a wee lad. Since I was a wee lad. Uh, I am, I'm out. So I am, I've put in my two weeks. I'm like working out my two-week notice right now, um, and I am going full-time Oop. freelance. Oop. Um so yeah i'm super 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 excited um so yeah i've been i mean i guess the backstory on this is like the last like couple jobs i've had i've gone into those jobs saying like this is going to be my last job like you even tell the people right like i remember like it was like common knowledge like dan and matt were like oh yeah you know and daniel's just here until he's not like (laughs) i don't know like you didn't you like come at them with they're like well what's your future at the company And, and you're like well, hoping to leave. I think I told them this is hopefully going to be my last <laughs> Would job. Would love to yeah. not have a job. No right. offense to your well, job. And, the, and I think and I think that's always been my thing. And I've always treated jobs as like there's something I can learn here. And then once I've learned it, I can leave. Yeah. Right. Um, and Titan was a great job for me because like I learned a ton about agency stuff and client stuff and software dev practices and, you know, task management and all of the types of stuff that's really valuable jira freelancing stand-ups oh boy the things i learned about jira good stuff um no but uh and then working at international has been really valuable because i had never worked on a product team before right i only worked in agencies and so getting to just be inside of a product team and see the life cycle of like you create a feature you work on that feature for a super right. long time because all the features have like big impacts like on all the other parts of the system. Use. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you mess something up, like every section of the site currently has 60 yeah. people using yeah. it, you know? So like it's anything will break if you ship it bad. Ship it and badly. you know, it, it's just a, it was a good experience. No, 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 no. If you ship right. it bad. Like 
like badass bad to the bone. Yeah. Badass shipment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now I've got extensive agency experience and like, uh, now I have like one year of product experience. Sure thing. Know? Yeah. Um, and that's super valuable, but like when I left Titan, I thought that I had gotten to the point where I was like bored and kind of tired of having yeah. that job. Um, and I kind of quickly realized that, uh, I'm actually just kind of bored and tired of having jobs for sure, you know, and that like having like a grind that, uh, that doesn't change and doesn't evolve and doesn't sort of allow me to like set my yeah, own that goals. You don't like have a meaningful them. stake in. Yeah. Uh, and, and also that I can't like, that I can't express my preferences in sure. my own goals, right? That my goals are established yeah. by yeah. other people. Right. Um, it kind of, you know, I just like realized that I think I might have, I might be at the point where like, that's no longer a good fit for me, yeah. you know? And I just want to direct my own life, you know, and that there's increased risk in doing that. Right. Like, uh, there could be a point where I don't have work, you know, and it's scary to go freelance. Cause it's like, what if you can't land the clients you need to land? Um, but I think there's increased reward too, because I can, you know, in the good times when I have multiple clients I'm talking to or whatever, I can make decisions about what sorts of projects I want to work on, what sorts of stacks I want to work in. I can, you know, start specifically seeking out Livewire and Alpine clients and writing Livewire and Alpine all day. Um, I can start, you know, j- these are the things that I want to do, right? Like I want to, I want to choose my own direction, um, chart my own course. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that and I'm really excited. Uh, I have a MacBook Pro arriving today. Oh, nice. I now need to buy my own computer because this is my work computer that I have sitting here. So my MacBook Pro M1 arrives today. Congratulations. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. So I have a three-month contract with Titan. It's a subcontract through Titan to one of their existing clients who I can't name. Just name them. Um, Just do it. I can't do it. Can't do it. But, uh, you know, shout out to friends of the show, Matt and Dan, for Thanks, always hooking it up. Real dudes. Um, and I'd, I'd been having some sort of side conversations with Matt about, like, you know, like I, I'm ready to go. I just don't know who the client is going to be who's going to come along and give me a long enough contract that I can feel safe to quit and then spend some time seeking using the podcast and Twitter and the channels that I have to, like, develop my next clients you know um because i didn't want to just like blatantly disrespect my work by like seeking (laughs) seeking clients to leave for sure publicly you know yeah that's a tough Um, that's a tough one so now that yeah but now i've got basically a three-month contract starting on the 29th that uh gives me three months of runway to basically line up the next gig so you, the listener, if you've got a big freelance project, this is where you uh, come in. You want to bring the boy on for. So, I'm g- uh, listen. We've been providing you free content for. for real, I'm getting ever, sick of it, and it's time for me to monetize. <laughs> and here's what we're gonna do: you're gonna hire Daniel to do some Wait, work. But who's on gonna thing. hire Daniel? You, right, the describe listener, the listener. The user, what kind of work do they the have developer. for Daniel? Well, and yeah. So this is for the thing, right? It's like I'm WordPress. Work? I'm a Laravel developer. 
I'm a Laravel developer, right? So I want, I'll work on Laravel projects. I have a lot of experience uh, in React and Vue and React Native um, and those things. So I'm happy to do those things. But what I'm really after right now is like tall stack stuff. Not right? Crystal? So I'm, Not Crystal Lang? Crystal would be super fun, honestly. If someone was want, wanted to pay me to write Crystal with the little amount of Crystal that I know, I would absolutely right take their the money. Job. I am, honestly. I Honestly, my experience with the Crystal ecosystem makes me think I know as much Crystal as anybody does. I respect does. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I want tall stack work. I want Livewire. I want Alpine. I want to, you know, go work on the things that I'm interested in. So you, the in. listener, you, the listener who's got their tall stack app going or got that new startup idea or got that old startup idea gone super successful. Daniel's your guy. Mm-hmm. Scoop him up. Get in touch. How do we get in touch with you, Daniel? What's the best way? Twitter, dude. D. Colborn. Is it D. Colborn? No, it's D C O U L B O U R N E. Follow me on Twitter if you don't follow me on Twitter. And then um, hit me up. your DMs are uh, open, of course. Daniel. My DMs are open. And it's Daniel at Kolb.com. C O U L B.com. Kolb.com. Love it. Um, yeah, so go hire Daniel yeah. so he can be a really successful freelancer. And not have a real job and get your uh get your company featured on the show unless you sign a contract telling him not to <laughs> in which case in which I case won't. you won't but why, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you, you want wanna, me to talk about your great app your big on debut. the show you want to get on the show hire daniel and we'll talk about yeah your, hire me. your thing uh-huh. we might trash it yeah there you go um just kidding um yeah i'm super excited dude i'm super excited and I'm not going to take more than 32 hours a week of work. Cool. Um, so I'm leaving myself a 20% time day. Um, and I'm going to use that for uh, whatever I think is a cool direction Look. to go in. So that could be open source. That could be uh, taking on sort of a different type of work that's not programming. So uh, right now I actually took on like a quick little project from a friend of mine who uh, is building a giant iOS app and has the... You know, he's got like a business partner and the business partner brought on these developers and he does, he doesn't have a lot of transparency into what's going on and he just doesn't feel good about the situation. Um, And so he basically hired me to like go in and see what's going on in this project. Cool. Yeah. Right. And like, are, are these developers screwing me? That's great. Like, is their work getting done? Can you dig into the GitHub and see how much code is getting written? So I'm just, you know, I'm going to do five to 10 hours of work with him on just kind of sit on it, sit in on a couple of their standup yeah. calls. And you know, it's, it's just like little gigs like that or like little, like, you know, interesting ideas. Like I, I want to pursue those and I want to leave space in my life to have those opportunities or, or open source stuff or, or just have space in my life to, uh, yeah, to fish or whatever. Thank you, Daniel. Uh-huh. So yeah, that that's the that's the situation. I'm extremely excited. I turned 30 in a month and I've just decided I don't like I would like my 20s have to have been the period in my life where I had bosses. Yep. And that's it, you know, and just be done with bosses as I'm done with my 20s and just kind of turn 30, stop having jobs. You're old, bro. You know, roll forward into life. So, I'm pretty excited. I dig about it. it. And spring is sprung, like the weather has such a drastic effect on like how optimistic I feel. And so like a new opportunity on the horizon, fresh weather, like a new laptop with new yeah. Apple Silicon in it. You know, it just like feels 
clean and good and i'm i'm really optimistic and happy that's great deke yeah bud deke it's great to hear new beginnings to new beginnings beginnings. and cheers um yeah so i mean good news too is like we can all the fun like we've had all these cool like strategy conversations about your career on the show um but we've never really had like interesting strategy conversations about mine because it's always just been like well, and it's like that. What there's not that much strategizing right, right, to right, do. Right. It's yeah. like, well, like do the things that you said you were going to do during sure. the sprint. Yep. You know. Um, but now, you know, I'm more nimble and I can make more meaningful decisions about the direction of my career. And so, I'm interested to have those conversations in public, and I'm interested to, you know, to kind of like chart a course with yep. the listener and with you and you know, be able to sort of bring this stuff into the show. What was uh, really good for me at one time, which you can fall back on, I believe, um, is, you know, when I like left and just wanted to fill in, like I didn't do anything for a while, but then I wanted to start like trickling in some work. Um, And I talked about the mentorship stuff on the show. And, you know, it's not like uh, definitely not a full-time job. Um, But and has its own cons and whatnot but it was pretty great like the basically like you the and like that type of stuff like short engagement yeah, it's tough like because you you make high val- so high much value less stuff like that because because it's like you put in a lot of effort for a bespoke hour or two and if you do two hours you're like mm-hmm. exhausted as can be and you only get two hours mm-hmm. of your rate you know so it's 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 yeah, definitely yeah. like the volume is not there <laughs> but but right, right, to right. fill in the cracks, but it's, it's interesting to like sprinkle totally, in. to fill in the cracks. Yeah. Like I had a ton of success with that and I still do it for a f- two people. Um, and, uh, just cause I've, you know, I don't know. I've like established a relationship with them. I enjoy it. It helps me. It helps refocus me because I'm like back into the learner shoes or the, you know, not even the learner, the people who, who, who do this with me are listening to this right now and they're not learners, but you know what I mean? Um, it helps refocus me. So anyway, I've had a ton of success with it. And I know there are people listening to this show who, if they wanted, like, if you, if you were like, Hey, let's do it, would hop on a call with you once a week, twice a month or something for like, I don't know, 200, 250 bucks or something and a pop and, uh, you know, get you to review their code and whatever. Like it was a really good experience. You can always do that to, you know, fill in some gaps. Yeah, and that's those are the types of things that I would love to like fill in the gaps with, right? Like sort of short, clean, clearly defined high like when I say high value, I don't just mean like monetary value, but like high value like my time is being yeah. is incredibly valuable, right? In the sense that like I put in 2 hours of work, but like the person buying that work probably gets more than just like the value of just like Yep. two hours of talking yeah right? the thing is the the money is really not there like to reiterate that like like the the yeah, thing that like it's not like a you can't build that a career would be on the that. worst yeah. career um but uh-huh. you could like you know getting a solid client i, I mean obviously if you got a full-time mm-hmm. client that paid you your free, freelance rate that would be insane i don't think it would line up mm-hmm. with what you want specifically but i'm just thinking of like the times that i've nope. gone out freelancing and whatever it's like it's so much, it's so nice if somebody, and it's so rare, but if somebody comes to you and says, yeah, I'll do your rate and let's do six months or let's do even three months. Mm-hmm. Like what you have is solid. Mm-hmm. That's great. Got to figure yeah, out how to get that. That's those. nice. Yeah, well, I know, I mean, 
Yeah, well, and I, I mean, I think a lot of it just sort of comes down to, uh, like, there is work out there, and there's people who aren't yet ready to sort of scale up their yep. team or whatever, right? And just kind of becoming that person, right? And like, I'm looking, I'm looking a lot to people who are doing this successfully right now, right? Like, I think like Jason Beggs is completely crushing sure, this game yeah. right now, right? Like, he's doing an incredible job, and I think he's like, uh, definitely like demonstrating like what like sort of the the high end of laravel 100 percent like, high end right? of layer of independent I don't think freelancer a, yeah i don't know how big the pie is of things that are at jason's yeah. rate right like i don't know if there's enough of that pie for us to share yeah. it right but like i don't need to i don't need to like bring in the rates that jason right. brings in for sure right now right like my main thing i'm buying right now is freedom right um, I don't need to buy a mansion. I just need to buy my freedom, you know? And like when I buy my freedom, you know, I think I'm going to start seeking out other revenue streams and not just get that good, good passive you know, income on the selling internet. dude. Passive that's income online, online is the name of the I game. Never say it right. <laughs> but, uh, but like, you know, I don't want to just be selling an hour of my time for an amount for of money, snow, you know? Yes. And the Jason, the secret to the Jason bags effect is like so here's a guy who's got people like lined up at the door to give him money to do work. I think. I think that I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's that way and I think other times it's not. Um I think that's true. For sure. But I yeah, I don't want to like make the false pretense that oh, Jason feel free to correct me, but I met, I think it's like that, right? Like sometimes you're totally stacked, line out the door, turning people away and other times you're looking for stuff. Um I mean, he's definitely the most recommended for sure, guy. For sure, cuz he's Twitter, excellent, right? If anyone says who's a good freelancer, yeah, Jason Beggs, like Jason there's Beggs, Jason Beggs. like the guy does impeccable work, and he everyone who's worked with him or knows him. Wants this to is the thing it. that like Jeffrey did a a Laracast snippet one time on how to be like the best freelancer ever, and like I want to give some sort of similar pitch of like literally, I mean, one you have to have the smarts, like that has to be there. But even though that's the hardest part, it's kind of the more common part, you know, like that's the more mm-hmm. available part. Um, having the, you know, the follow through and the ownership, you know, like those are the huge things. And I've, I've hired like a bunch of people in the past year and a lot of the relationships fizzle out or don't work out. And I know I've talked to people who've hired other freelancers in the community and it's like, it's tough when you got somebody who's, who's really focused on open source, you know, and they, they're, or Mm -hmm. their own products, you know, and, and, you know, doesn't whatever. So if I think the secret to Jason Beggs is that he's not going for like a million things. He's going for like, yeah, he's be fully committed a great to just freelancer like the game he's in and do that really well. And like he's, people are just going to want to keep using you and recommending you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I'm trying to think of one other person. Yeah, I can't even I think, think of another person who's, who's at that level. Who's like, except Daniel Colborn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the goal, right? Is to like, to be a person who like, and the thing I think that like makes freelancers excellent is that usually they're brought on for like pretty scoped problems, right? Because if you had like a an a limitless mountain of sort of ill-defined work, you would just hire an employee. Sure. Right? Um if you're bringing on a freelancer, it's because you have a pile of work you want to get done, but then you don't want to be on the hook for someone's salary once sure. that work is finished. Right? Um and I think I mean, I've been at agencies when we hired freelancers, right? And, like, I think in a lot of cases, like, 
you just want this problem to go away and collect, totally. you know, your profit yes. off the top, right? Like I've been at agencies that like farmed out work to people and then took a slice off the top, right? And in those cases, it's like, I want this work to go away. I want the problem to be solved. I want to not hear bad things from the client. Um, and then I want, you know, I want to get my stuff. And then like best case scenario is like, I want to hear great things from the client. I want them to come back and hire us for another engagement or whatever, you know? Um, and like, that's my goal here, right? Is like to, to go in and just be a person who you can like count on to like, Hey, here's, here's a problem or a feature set or, a you know, whatever, or a refactor that I want to happen. And like, you come out just like kind of with an excellent product and like, it wasn't that much of a hassle for you to yep. do that. Right. Yeah. Like just, that, you just I mean, that's like kind of, I think eat problems. If you're a problem eater, yeah, you want to eat a sin. You're, yeah, you're you want to be a sin, sin eater. eater you're you know? golden. If you're like a self-motivated, self-organized sin eater. Oh man. Mm-hmm. The path is paved. And I think like, and I think the value of like the, the years at Titan is that like, I've been in every code base, you know, I've been in like the legacy, like what the hell is going on in this code base code bases. And I've been in the like fresh greenfield, like we need to get a ton of features shipped really fast so we can get our series a code bases, you know? And like, I like, I love Mm -hmm. like internalizing like the context of the code and like, what's the context Mm -hmm. of this code and like how, what, actual approach to the code do people want and all this stuff so anyway i'm excited i'm such a i've i've like i mean you could probably say the same thing but the way you just said that we can circle back but like people wanting to get features for the series a i remember a company Mm -hmm. client that i was with at titan who it was a startup and i they had raised some they had investors but they were working towards their series a and they did want to go faster and I didn't understand because I'm a noob, but I didn't understand. I was mm-hmm. like, you're going to hurt the project if you just try to bring on more people to go faster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like what you need to do is slow down and, you know, like uh, <laughs> build properly and steadily mm-hmm. and really evaluate and nitpick every feature and all that stuff. But like they had a different goal in mind and it, it, I didn't understand it. Well, and like what they know, right, is like, yeah, we'll, we will hurt the project doing this, but we'll kill the project not doing mm. it, mm-hmm. right? Like the company won't exist in six months. We don't have the runway to keep to do this anymore, yeah. you know? So like we need this cash infusion right now or else this company doesn't exist. So like that's why we have to go fast. Yep. Yeah, pretty wild. Um, yes. Yes, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Also got a new dog. 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 Uh, yeah, dude. Big Max in the house. Uh, for the YouTube. Big Max. For the YouTube audience, we'll show Max. Max. Come here, bud. Come here. Hey, Max. Super well-behaved dog for a brand new dog, bro. Yeah, I know. Check this. Wild. This is Max. Max is so big and fluffy and beautiful. Very fluffy, very beautiful, very sweet boy. Thank Bud. you. Man. It's been nice to have you on the show. Um, but yeah, got Max. Max is a old English sheepdog doodle. Um, so he's very furry. He's very hairy. He's eighty three pounds. He's he's a big and very sweet boy. He's a year old. Wow. 
and uh, so I love him very much. For a year, he's so chill and so sweet, but also like insanely playful and like very into like chasing things. Like if you throw, like he loves to fetch and he loves to do all the like sort of outside running around stuff. Sweet. We're working on we're working on pulling on the leash. So Charlotte and I have adopted a system we found online where like when he pulls you like walk backwards and then bring him close to your body and then like spin him around you Hmm. right so like because what what he's doing when he pulls is like i want to go to that thing over there like i want to decide where we're going so you immediately say no you don't decide where we're going i decide Hmm. where we're going all right now we're going to back up so that's the opposite of what you want um, and then we're going to spin around so, like, you get distracted mm. from whatever it is that you were obsessed okay. with. And then we'll just, like, randomly change directions and go in a different oh, direction. So what he learns is, like, if I want to get to something that's out in front of me, the only way chill I can out. guarantee that is if I, like, chill out and then we'll get there. I dig it. Um, yeah. That's great, dude. How Can I ask how much dogs are? How much did you, like, pay for that dog? Well, so I, I got... So this is, like absolutely unreal this dog is never in a shelter okay right like you never see this dog in a shelter except it looks like a pretty 12 hour period except for the 12 hour period that i was at this shelter right so we went to this place called brother wolf in Asheville, which is like a dope like animal rescue place in Asheville. and we went to see this other dog named wilson and we get there and they say wilson got adopted like Good for Wilson. You want to see some other dogs? And I say, of course I want to see some other dogs. So we like go in and start looking at dogs and they're all very sweet and very nice. And we're liking all of them. And we feel like, we're like, hmm, maybe that one, maybe that one. And then I see like four cages down. I'm like, Charlotte, look, look. <laughs> um, and uh, I just see this like floofy old English sheepdog head sticking out of the cage. And I have always, Caleb, I have always wanted an old English sheepdog. Never not. And I have, I have told Charlotte about this many times because when I was a boy, like 12 or 13, we were playing like cops and robbers in a park and an old English sheepdog just like appeared. I was like alone and hiding in a pile of leaves, yeah. you know, because cops and robbers. No one was around. It's a giant park. And an old English sheepdog just appears and is like, what's up dude and he jumps up and like puts his arms on my shoulders and we're like bouncing Smiling. around dancing me and this old english sheepdog and then its owner runs up and it's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm like no dude we are chilling and so anyway this is a, like one of the greatest like dog interactions i've ever had the best games of cops and robbers like, you've ever had yeah just this incredibly like cheerful joyful fun loving old english sheepdog appeared out of nowhere it's just like a giant bear and like wanted to like put its arms on my shoulders and dance Sweet. around. So I've always wanted one, and I've told Charlotte this, but they're like two to four thousand dollars if you want okay. to buy one from a yep. breeder. And they just they don't end up in shelters. Yeah. You know? Um and we just walk into a shelter. Here's the dog. We pay a hundred dollar adoption Ooh. fee. We got the dude. Good deal, bro. Amazing. Unreal. Good deal. It's Unreal. like going to Amvets and uh seeing uh I don't know, like a North Face. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like no, it's a like Yeti getting like a Gucci belt <laughs> or something. At it's like, like, it's like get, Goodwill. It's like getting a Gucci belt at Goodwill. Yeah, sick dude. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's a very sweet boy and he's very good. And uh, yeah, that's great, Deke. I like it. 
Good like for it you a lot. And good for Max. Yeah. So I've got, you know, I'm I'm entering into my 30s with a new dog, with a new career, with a new, you know, a new outlook a on new life. Going on. I'm I'm feeling great. Feeling great. Very new. Nothing's familiar, you know, but like you know, what do you got to lose? Nothing, Deke. You know, you can always get another job. That's right. Like, let's no, that's go. for real. That go. is for real. And you're going to let this day mark the day where Daniel charts out and changes his life forever. Okay? That's the plan, dude. That's what that's it what is. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I just, most people should do that. You know? We'll see. Yeah. Unless you fall on your face, which could happen. But we'll log yeah, it on the which... show. We'll reflect back on this moment. Oh, because dude. Because we're going to be coming back to you, the listener, to give Daniel another job. <laughs> Yeah, be like, all right, Daniel needs A J O B. But yeah, no, this is going to be the day. This is the day yeah. that changes Daniel's life. Yep. Um, my goal, my goal is to uh, replace my salary. Right. Yeah. Like, I just want to make the amount of money I already cool. make. Um, and if I do that, like, this will have been a successful year. If I don't do quite that, but I still do pretty good. It'll still have been a Hell successful yeah. year, but I won't have hit it's my goals. Huge raise you know? in life, but but yes, yeah. for sure. But what I really want is to hit my salary this year, beat my salary next for sure. year. You know, mm-hmm. just grow. You yep. know, hustle and motivate, as they say. I dig, dude. I dig it good. I dig. Too. I dig it good, like. Hmm. Real excited about my uh, MacBook Pro too. Yeah, that's nice. Yo, did you see Jose um, is messing with Yabai? Remember we talked about Yabai, that like tiling window manager for the Mac? Yeah, yeah. Jose's like got it. Doing running. some stuff. It's sick, dude. Word. It's really sick. Word, bud. Word, bud. Uh, anyway, I think I'm going to run Yabai. Sweet. Let me know how it goes. I will. I will. Daniel, um, I invested $250 in Gumroad. Oh, right. Yeah. In their like scam investing yeah, operation. I, I can still back out mm-hmm. if enough people tell okay. me that it's a scam. But here, here's the story is that uh, the listener Gumroad is an app that you can use to sell online goods. So make VS Code Awesome uses Gumroad and that's and I use it for the sticker thing and probably for another thing, but mm-hmm. mostly make VS Code Awesome. Um, and it's cool and it's great. I mean, it works really well. Like for me, it's awesome to not have to worry about payment processing at all and just have a button that does it for you. It's really great. I like it a lot. Um, yep. So uh, so I got this email like Gumroad is doing a, an open board meeting. And I was like, oh, fun. I watch a lot of Shark Tank. Oh, and there's going to be a fundraising opportunity. And I'm like, I watch a lot of Shark Tank. I'm an investor now. Put me in, coach. And uh, so I sign up. And for that reason, I am and out. And for that reason, I'm out. Yes. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. I could go for days on Shark Tank quips. Um, yeah. So uh, I go to this board meeting for this good, good fundraising opportunity. And I really do feel like, I don't know. It was just fun to see another like window into how the world works, you know, to just see sure. something like that. And it was fun. And then, you know, the fundraising opportunity and he, he presents it, Sawhill, the, you know, creator, he presents it, um, whatever. And basically the opportunity is he raised 1% from Jason Freed and 1% at a hundred million dollar valuation, which is a million dollars. Cause I, you know, I'm good at that type of math. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty good smart. with that type of math. Yeah. There's a lot of ones and zeros I can do pretty well. Um, Jason Freed and, uh, Naval, you know, 
you know, Naval. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. these two guys he raised a million dollars from. So I'm like, oh, sick. Like, I trust the hell out of these two guys, specifically the first guy. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Fried is a smart boy. And I'm like, this is, you know, looking pretty good. And then he said he's going to raise another 5% from the community. Uh, so 5 million mm-hmm. from the community. So he's looking for another 5 million. He's looking for another 5 mil. And he's going to use this platform called Republic, which is like, oh, uh, like, what's it like? Actually, interesting. Isn't the other one called Public? Are they related? You know the the app Public? Um, yeah, literally. What's up with that? The investing social network, public.com. And this is Republic. Mm. Weird. Anyway. Yeah. So whatever. It's like a nice little SaaS app and like he's going to use that and it's, you know, it's like Stripe or something. You just like log in, give him your bank account and you can buy stuff. You can invest in startups, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, so I was like, what am I going to do? Like, should I invest a ton? At the moment, I'm like, this is going to soar because they have nothing mm-hmm. but growth, you know, over mm-hmm. the past whatever. Like they never went down in revenue. They always go up. Mm-hmm. And last year they they doubled their revenue. Um, yeah. And it seems like they could put $5 million to use to really expand their offer. Uh, sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah. For sure. Like, I, like, like with an extra $5 million, which is why they're right. raising money. When I'm using Gumroad, right. I'm thinking like they could use an extra 5 mil. <laughs> There's parts of it that you're yeah. like, come on guys. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I thought like, this is great. This is a sure thing. I really felt like I had like insider access to like a sure thing. So I put the, mm-hmm. the mark on my calendar, uh, March 15th at noon PM. And I was ready and waiting. But in the meantime, Talked to a few people, specifically the WAD man, of course, the man of all knowledge, and uh, and got a little bit more of the inside scoop, which is not that inside, that Gumroad is like a failed startup, and there's all this drama. You saw all that, right? No. So basically, Sawhill, he, uh, like 11 years ago when he started Gumroad, he raised like $7 million or something, and uh, mm. and he was like a high growth startup, and hired a bunch of people, and couldn't grow the company. It's just like trickle growth. And, uh, mm. like he grew a bunch and then he stopped growing. Um, so all the investors were like, basically were like, this is a lemon. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm out. Um, so what mm-hmm. he did, forget the order of events, but he basically like, th- it was more trouble for them that one of the board members left. So they would have had to like replace a board member. And they were like, you know what, rather than doing this, here's your equity back. Give us like a dollar or something, you know? So he like basically mm-hmm. got all his equity back for free from that seven million dollars. He just bagged seven million dollars for free. Wild. Then he let seventy five percent of the company go, like employees. Oh, employees. Okay. Um, to just you, you know trim like, his expenses because it's not growing, and he was way overextended. Mm-hmm. And then the other bunch leave, and he, it's like I think it was just him, maybe one other guy. It was just him. This failed startup that he raised seven million got to keep it all, and then he just started growing it naturally with the market, you know, slow growth type deal. Mm-hmm. And now it's back to being an app that hires people and whatever, and is like pretty, you know, it's definitely profitable. I think a million in profit a year, ten million in revenue. Um. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that, that, that's the hidden story is that like this guy is a super failure who, who all the employees who were on this ship with him. They all went down and have zero equity. He's basically took $7 million from investors and no one's getting money but him. Nobody mm-hmm. owns Gumroad except for Sawhill and now Jason Fried, Naval, and me. <laughs> yeah. 
but so that that's so like nathan barry the creator convert kid he came out and was like for everybody asking me about gumroad uh i would not recommend it because this guy claims to care about creators and he screws creators the people who helped mm-hmm. him build his company the people who actually created yeah, exactly yeah. he's he's not what he says he is but you know, and then people coming to his defense and even Nathan saying like, and I'm sure Sawhill is just a guy who got totally burned out, thought, you know, tried something big, didn't work, got totally burned out and is not growing it from scratch. But he called him out like, you can still make this good, Sawhill. Like, you can still make it good on these people. You know, you can give them equity. And he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's not. Um, So I don't know, man. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... This, I mean, this ultimately comes down to my my labor politics thing, which is that everyone deserves equity. Oh, sure. Right? Okay. I guess I, um, I care about right. your labor politics and I do want to hear those, but I also want to know, like, yeah. what do you think? Would you is put $250 in? I mean, $250 is, is nothing. So my question is, would you put money in, you know? Well, on the one hand, every, 100% of the money anyone has ever invested with this guy got burned in a big pile of money. Yeah, for sure. Right. So not like a track record but of like a good investment But not if they left vehicle. it in there. You know what I mean? Like who knows if he only started working on the company just because everybody else left and now he realized he has 100% equity and he cares about it. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. like that's possible. That's almost certainly what um, happened, right? But, you know, I guess like here, here's the thing I tell myself to make myself feel good is for Sawhill to make money on Gumroad from like an acquisition or an IPO or something, like I have to make money, you know? Like, he's not going to make money For unless sure. I make money. Unless he's just sitting on a fat stack of, uh, a fat stack of, or a big fat salary or something, right? He's just sucking down like a huge right. salary. He could be doing that. Um, he could just be in a cushy job riding this thing till the wheels fall off, padding it with random investments from creative investment vehicles. For sure. I mean, the, the five mil is over. That was over in no time. You yeah. can't invest in Gumroad right now. Right. So, which means he just raised another $7 million. Yeah, he actually right? upped it to $6 million, like, I think. The, so, yeah, $7 million. Yep. So, well, he, rose, he raised a million each from Naval and Oh, Freedom, no, right? it was shared. A million yeah. combined. Okay. So, yeah, he just raised another $7 million, yeah. right? After the first $7 million, they lit right. on fire. Um, he's got another $7 million, and he's either going to just, like, use that as runway, you know, and just kind of float the thing how it is or he's gonna like invested a bunch in hiring people and expanding the app and doing all kinds of new yeah. stuff and just hope that the market has grown since the last time that he had a bunch of money to throw at that yeah. market you know and hope that it becomes really profitable and uh i don't know i'm really interested so like what is the actual structure of the deal because this is the thing that it's a revenue share right you just bought a revenue share you didn't actually buy equity in the company Oh, I don't know things. So I don't think, no, I don't think I own stock. Um, But tell me more. That's the thing that. Yes, revenue share. Yes, it is a rev share. Explain to me rev share. Well, rev share is just like you get a percentage of dollars that come in. But when? I don't know. I mean, it depends on the structure of the deal. There's no dividends. So it could. Like, I, I think my only. So you would just get a percentage of like a liquidation right. event? Is I'm pretty that sure. what it is? But how does that work? Like what is that? <sighs> what if they don't liquidate? Right, right. That's the risk is that that there's no liquidation event. Um, right. But if there's no liquidation event, he doesn't make money. He doesn't make money from his 90% of the company, 
you know why not like what if there's just a profit in the company he could just sure i guess i mean like he could just just sell the company and make a bunch of money so i guess maybe maybe if he takes a disbursement he also has to share that out maybe that's how that works he takes a disbursement he also has to share that out probably yes so so say like at the end of the year he's got an extra two million dollars in profit if he wants to like put like take some of that money out and pay himself a bonus or something he probably has to i don't know dude i would think that's what dividends would be and he's not doing those yeah so i don't really understand what your investment gets you except for like that's kind of the thing like if it was equity that would be one thing if it was stock that would be one thing but it just a revenue share without like a regular payout schedule is kind just, of sketchy. I'm just donating. But here's the yeah, thing. You just like I know, I know that's what I'm doing <laughs> and I feel like I still want to do it because like everything I do with my money is, is the, you know, like index funds, boring, whatever. I never pick stocks mm-hmm. because I've read enough to know that that's like not really a winner's game. Yeah, yeah. And I want to know how this world works and I feel like if I put in $250, it's not a meaningful amount of money. So whatever, I'll like, but it's not yeah. like, it's not a meaningful enough amount of money that I care if I lose it, but it's a meaningful enough amount of money that like, I kind of want to watch it. You know, I just yeah, want to yeah, know yeah. like, sure. how does this <clears throat> world work? It's a yeah. gamble. You know what I've always envied that I think would be kind of cool in the Laravel community. So professional poker players always have a piece of each other. Hmm. So when you go, if you're like a certain level of poker yeah. player, right? Like above like, you know, like a tiny stakes player or whatever. And you go to like enter a big tournament, right? Yeah. Like the chances of you coming into the money are like pretty low, right? Or not like pretty low, but like there's a decent chance that you don't actually make sure. a profit entering this poker mm-hmm. tournament, right? Because there's a element of chance and you're in who you end up at the table with there's an element of chance in what cards you get you know so there's like a decent chance that you do that so you want to hedge your risk entering a big tournament what you do is you and your friends all take a piece of each other's action right so you basically say i've got 15 percent of you you've got 15 percent of me yeah that's cool right yep (laughs) and so that way it's pretty cool if i end up in the money you get 15 percent of my winnings after the entry fee right. is covered, right? And if you end up in the money, you get 15% of my winnings after the entry yep. fee is covered. And if you select your pool well, where it's all people who have a better than average chance of being in yep. the money, right? Then like your chances increase for like every person you have a part of who ends up in the money, yep. right? And so it's all about this thing where like poker players will like, basically have like a group of friends who they trust and know to be good poker players who are all like have a pretty good chance of ending up profitable. Mm. And then like, as long as like 60% of us make a profit, then like we all make a profit, you know? So like that type of stuff is really interesting. I think it'd be really cool in this kind of like independent, like bootstrapper or entrepreneur or like guy who makes courses or whatever world. Right. If like, say a bunch of people are all releasing info products at the same time. And like right now everyone just kind of promotes each other's stuff because right. like, you know, yeah, like, but like we like I each have other a stake and we want each other to do UI or something, but it'd be, yeah, it'd be cool if like, if like tailwind took us, took like a part, well, they call it taking a piece of, okay. right. So like, uh, if tailwind had a piece of 
make VS Code awesome, and you had a piece of uh, Tailwind UI launch for the first like two right, months right. or whatever, you know. And like, if you like, so you sort of guesstimate it like approximately like, okay, well, like a ten percent stake in refact or in uh, make VS Code awesome is worth like a you know like a one percent stake in Tailwind UI yep. for a month or you know like whatever you figure out like what you guess your revenue is going right. to be. But it's all just kind of guesses, and it's all pretty informal, and the percentages are are low enough that like, if you get screwed, you get you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Who cares, mm-hmm. you know? But like, you have a decent chance of like taking a windfall every now and then, yeah. and it's just kind of like a cool thing where like everyone has a piece of each other. It 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 really increases the like rising tide lifts all boats mentality mm, yeah. of the community. Right. So I would love to see something like that That's go cool. down. I don't actually know what it would look like, and it'd have to be like pretty informal. Right. But the the thing that I think that you're talking about with the Gumroad thing is like, you know, people, old school tech people who like were around like in the like Pirates of Silicon Valley yeah. days, like I always envy those people who were like, yeah, I just always knew like Atari was a winner, mm, yeah, you know, and like I got it. And it's like the the system of tech has become so dehumanized that there's no getting in on like, oh, yeah, I knew TikTok was a winner or whatever. You know, like the IPO system is so screwy where like if a company IPOs, like you don't have a chance of getting any of the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, any of the stock. No, like, why not? The only way to, the only way to because so they shop the book around and like all of the all of the banks have an opportunity to buy stock before you do. And they're like they're the ones who are going to make yep. a profit by the time it gets to retail investors. That profit gotcha. is usually yep. gone. Um or that margin is usually yeah. gone. But like if um but like I kind of envy that world where it's like all these companies were going public and everyone kind of had stock in each other's tech companies sure. and like everyone, you know, it's just like it just seems cool, right? It seems like a, a good fun time Agreed. of just like wow, those guys are making a chip and these guys are making a whatever and Texas Instruments just made a calculator and you know, Compaq is reverse reverse engineering the IBM source code to like make a clone mm-hmm. and like and like you got a little piece of all the action it's just like it's fun yeah you know? and our like and this like, community is really boring it's just a bunch of people who are like who are like disciplined self-starter bootstrappers slow growth slow growth disciplined self-starter bootstrappers like what's more boring than that yeah you know and like yeah. I know I'm headed down that path but like there's, you know, I'll, I think I'll always have that part of me that's like, what if I just convince somebody to flood me with like a mill, you know, like see if yeah. I get a $10 million valuation, flood me with a mill, see what I can do. What if I had a million dollars dedicated to growing this business? Come on, you know, mm-hmm. what could I do? Yeah, it'd be insane. Like that would be, that would be so cool. It'd be like, hey, hey, Deke, you want a job? Mitch, you want a job? Let's go in this. Let's like freaking do this thing yeah. and, yeah. uh, and see what happens and, I don't know. Like that whole concept is so intriguing to me. But every time I mm-hmm. think about it, I'm like, oh, but I know. Well, like I can't just duplicate me and I can't, you know, we've talked about my woes in the past, but whatever. Like, and I'd have to get over some of those things. Like maybe, maybe that is the way to do it. Maybe I do need to take on like some amount of money and turn. Like if you could convert, if I think like the key is, can I convert dollars to value? You know, if I can convert dollars mm-hmm. to value more efficiently than other people or just just efficiently 
Mm-hmm. If I've created, if I have a vehicle to convert dollars to value, that's what's up. Yeah. And just hit that button, you know? By value, you mean more yes. dollars. Right. If you can multiply dollars, you're yes. a winner. <laughs> and you know, to an extent, I think I can. It's just there's all yeah. the hangups surrounding that when you extend yourself beyond your own sphere of influence, you know? If I extend myself right. beyond myself, now I have to care about someone else, you know? That's like, yep. you haven't just doubled my mental load. You've quadrupled 10 times it, you know? Right. But, but like, that's the path. Maybe that's just part of the story. Maybe you just, that's just, you just be, you just buck up, jump in, you yep. know? Yep. Interesting. It's very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Equity is great though. Mm. Totally into it. We've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating that like it's it's so nice to it's so nice to have aligned incentives. It's also really nice to own everything. And that's the struggle. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to own everything and it's really nice to have aligned incentives with people who work for you. And uh yeah. you can't have both. Right. That's the issue. Right. That's the issue. Um, and there's also like the downside that like it you can't you can't like ethically own everything. That's the issue. Right. Well, they're right. Like, that's the political. That's the the other side. That's that's, that's where the, the politics further... comes in. And right. And that's the thing that I'm gonna run into when I get to the point where like I take on enough work that I have to like bring someone on or turn this into an agency yeah. or something. And you just become right? Moneybags Daniel, and everybody right. starts calling you ha- on your hypocritical bullshit. Yeah, and that's that's like the that's the part I think that I'm most excited about, yeah, honestly. Cool. Is like having to navigate those waters and like make moral and ethical choices and see if I can actually right. put my money where and my I mouth is. And I think you is. can. Like I'm incredibly excited about that. I think you will. If I'm a betting man. It's just a question of like how many people will actually want to like work for a company like that cuz it's like you know, like you're asking for other people to take a risk too. What's the risk? Well, it's like I'm going to structure your pay really weirdly. Oh, it's not sure. Be like a normal. No, I mean, you like know? people like people who work at startups and businesses have options and that's like factored into their pay all the time. Like Mitch doesn't yeah, make yeah. a huge salary, but he's got like good stock options. Um, that's mm-hmm. like part of it, you know, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's actually like super tantalizing, but super. Did you get stock options at Internachi? You get any piece of it's that pie? It's a nonprofit. nonprofit. um yep but uh having to to vest those options is like that's rough man there's a huge upside but like what i gotta work for you for three years i've got a friend at dropbox uh who's like vesting at dropbox for how long how long is it like it's years right you know it's a couple a couple more years i think but like it's a huge chunk of stock. You know what we need? We need to create an abstraction on this and have stock option mules that just like hold jobs well, just like do well uh-huh. enough. And like they get kickbacks from people like me who really don't want to waste three years of my life at Dropbox to, you know, just like, mm-hmm. I'll pay you. You slug it out for three years, you know, right? We got to figure that yeah. out. Well, there was a guy I remember recently who just got, uh, either went to jail or just got like sued really hard because he had like multiple full-time remote programmer jobs Gosh, just racking up and he the was farming them out equity. to guys in ukraine oh man like he had like an agency in ukraine 
that was actually do writing his code That's and crazy. he would just like go to stand up at like multiple companies. That's wild, dude. And then like something, you know, something with the IRS or something, like someone figured it out. Yeah. And he was basically like defrauding all these companies. But like how dope would that be? Like you're paying out like 40 grand a year or whatever in like programmer hours. Yeah. And you're racking up like three full-time you know dev salaries and you're just hanging out yep be crazy crazy pants i got a question for you about valuations so Mm -hmm. gumroad has uh raised that money at a hundred million dollar valuation i do think that like if it was just a crowdsourced fundraising like i think people who invested are people like me who are idiots and don't know anything and he could have put any valuation he wants so like saying you got this valuation from like a kickstarter type deal is not valuable because the people who are investing don't know shit about anything. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say, guess. But like Jason Fried and Naval, whatever, like whatever. I want to know is if their revenue is $10 million and they ro- they raised, rose, risen, fundraised at um, $100 million valuation, 10 times revenue. Is that like off the charts crazy stupid? Or is that like, oh, that happens all the time? So I think think they would have a hard time selling the company right now for 10x revenue mm-hmm. um usually those valuations are because they predict that like given this influx of cash they're going to be is able that to called a post money valuation um that he did say pre-money valuation which i think means like which means they think it's worth that right. now pre-money valuation is a pre-money valuation is term widely used in private equity venture referring to the valuation of a company or asset prior to an investment. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So pre-money yeah. and post. So I think he's okay. saying it's a pre-money valuation. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But uh but yeah. So I don't know. I mean, he could be taking everybody for a ride. It's a really interesting strategy though. Like to have a bunch yeah. of fans and I mean it's like let's say that I like let's just say that I was like I'm going to I'm going to crowd fundraise for like, yeah, let's say 5% of Livewire and Alpine, whatever. Just like yep. I'll name the business. Let's give it a name like Tailwind Labs did. You know, it'll be like mm-hmm. whatever, something labs. We get some revenue going and then I fundraise and let's say I get a valuation. Let's say if, if I can work up to a million in revenue, just like lofty goals here. Right. Let's say I work up, right. I work up to a million in revenue and I get a valuation of $10 million and I sell 10% of the sure. company for a million and I crowdsource a million dollars from the community, you know, mm-hmm. that would be wild. Do you think it I could do nice. it? Uh, a million's pretty juicy. That's juicy. But isn't that really interesting? I bet you could do half. Like, I bet you could do half. Like. Pretty easily. Like crowd, uh, crowd fund. Is there a way to crowd fundraise without like getting the SEC involved? Or do you have to like meet all that shit? I, I extremely doubt. Oh, what's up with that? Why can't I just be like, you know? Well, I don't know. That's probably the service these apps provide, right? Probably, but I think you have to actually like, you know, be approved for stuff. But they probably make it a lot <laughs> easier. Um, but that would be really cool, you know, like super small yeah. time investments, because that's the stuff that I have clarity on. Like, I would invest in Spotsy. I would invest. I would invest in all these little little fellas Mm -hmm. you know well so the interesting thing there would be like like if i was just like doing due diligence on you before i invested the thing that i would 
that would end up killing the investment probably would be that looks, you're yeah that you just look like, like a, such a shaggy nightmare yeah. um no it would be the fact that you're pegged to like basically an experimental feature of github oh word 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 yeah you know what i'm saying like so much of your revenue is pegged to like github continuing to you to maintain and yeah. use github sponsors yeah, good and for like, you in fact i actually just lost my uh my github contact devin oh yeah really? I, I emailed her about on? a feature and she was like oh caleb thanks for reaching out i mean, let me introduce you to luke um this is my last day at github and i was like oh shit man i was like this is the first it was the first kind of like yeah you're really out on a limb here <laughs> you know it, I don't yeah, think yeah, GitHub yeah. sponsors is going away for sure, but the person who assured yeah. me of that is gone now. You know what I mean? Right, right, Which right. Which I just didn't anticipate because I'm learning the way the world works. I'm still a, a baby. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the only thing that I think would like really like yeah. make it like if you could get that money out of GitHub somehow. Like Yeah. And I think, would... so I think with Alpine, I'm going to do, um, I think I'm going to do a more like, traditional product and not use github sponsors it's tough mm. but even if i do use github sponsors for the product not a big deal if it's a if i'm what matters is not doing a subscription-based thing because mm-hmm. if it's not subscription-based and it's a one-time payment who cares if i use github sponsors i can switch to something else right right yeah yeah, yeah. um that makes sense so that's what i've realized because i'm actually talking with github sponsors about a new feature about a one-time payment feature to see if I can mm-hmm. actually use one-time payments to uh, sell like an Alpine product, you know. Are they going to let you? Totally. If they, it's, uh, they're going to get me on the feature flag. It's not like done yet, but they're going to get me in the beta, hopefully pretty soon. Yeah. Shout out to Luke. Shout out to Luke, man. And thank you, Devin. Luke, Luke Devin's replacement yeah. Luke. Um, do, we know, do we know where Devin's going? I don't actually. Wonder if she tweeted about it. She's baller, dude. She would be. Yeah, that's what. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Is like, where do you go from being like product lead on the most exciting feature yeah, at GitHub? Right? Like, it's got to be like a like LinkedIn or Salesforce or Microsoft. Those are the people who have enough money to pay you what you're worth, right? Yeah. Um, let's see, Devin, <sighs> product at GitHub. I hope I didn't just drop something that's not supposed to be known. <laughs> <laughs> whatever um whatever yeah oh dude should we talk at all we don't have to um but i i did just record a building livewire podcast called open mm-hmm. source is not first come first serve and hmm. put it out there and uh because i just opened twitter i saw joseph silber who listens to the show um mm-hmm. shout out to joseph he's uh he's a great guy he he just retweeted like i haven't even listened and i'm already nodding my head in agreement um so it's i mean th- this is like the topic that i spend like most of my time thinking of in terms of like i don't know open source is just something that is really nebulous and there's always questions of ethics and morals and etiquette and this is another big mm-hmm. one um what do you think what do you think when i say open source is not first come first serve so I think what that means is that like you can't get scooped and like you, if you make a better thing, your thing will be successful. 
that sounds like that's what you're saying. Yes, like no scooping. Like I love no scooping. I still think we should say no scooping. I haven't changed my opinion on like no no scooping is dropping is, a cool idea uh, and then being that's like respect. Yeah, it's respect. Like Sco- scooping is disrespect. scooping is disrespect for sure. Yeah, but open source is not. Here's what I mean by that. My statement is basically if I create. I'm going to pick on Marcel because uh, he. this is actually nothing at all against him at all, but he's the most like mm-hmm. non-dramatic example of this I can think of. So I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like the worst example of this. Um, mm-hmm. He created the LiveWare DevTools. Good for you, Marcel. Love it. Going to use it. Thank you. But mm-hmm. let's say that I started LiveWare. Tons of people ask me about creating DevTools and I'd always be like, go for it, dude. Do whatever you want but I might just trounce it in the future. And I'm sure I told him that if he asked right. me. He doesn't even have to ask me. You can build whatever the hell you want to build. Um, right. But I think a lot of people ask in hopes that I'll be like, you're my DevTools guy. We're going to, you know, you're going to be the official DevTools guy. You're going to get linked on the readme. Sure. This is going to be your, your launching pad. And I never say right. that because why would I, you know? Right. Um, where, so my position is like, I got to batten, do- batten down the hatches. What's that? Is that a word? Great. That's a word. I'm I'm the one who's got to like make live wire good and bug free and work mm-hmm. on it. And I don't have time to make the dev tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tell people, yeah, go ahead and make the dev tools, solve the problem, in the community, but I might trounce you at some point, you know? So, sure. so think about the instances where people fill a hole in a community. It's really appreciated by the community and they start putting time in. And it becomes their thing. Mm-hmm. They name it, becomes mm-hmm. their own stake. Then yes. if I want to do that, I have this, que- I have all sorts of questions of like, oh, do I just totally trounce this guy and this project mm-hmm. and kill it because I'm the big fish? Do mm-hmm. I, uh, is it ethical? Did, did he, am I taking something from him or her? Is it, is it better? Like, is it more original? Did I take some innovation that they made and, you know what I mean? There's just so many questions and I've basically come to now open source is not first come first serve just because you build something and it got traction, you know, doesn't mean that I can't, I, I don't like ripping people off, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. if it's an obvious thing, like again, dev tools or a component library or uh, mm-hmm. a, you know, state management for Alpine or um, there's a hundred examples of these or, or the mobile like thing for live because- that we talked about. It's like j- just because your sort of family has like been making, you know, like uh, artisan cowboy boots in this town for the past hundred years doesn't mean that we shouldn't demolish it and build a Walmart on top of it. <laughs> See, I don't even think that's the case. They sell cowboy boots at Walmart. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's an apt comparison, but I hear you. Like, I think probably the extreme of my statement is that for sure. Right. Well, and that's, the, I mean, like, obviously I'm like making fun of you, right? But like, I... Like, I'm just saying that, like, if you're going to say that it doesn't carry all the way to that logical conclusion, Mm. you also have to say why and where the line is. Right. All right. Let's figure it out. So to me, it's like the line rests in like who maybe it's like a quantification of innovation. Like Mm -hmm. I've like remixed some things like PHP and Laravel and Vue and Phoenix Live View, I've remixed all of these things that are all mm-hmm. remixes of other things, but they brought their own value. I'm remixing them to provide a bunch of value in a thing called LiveWire, you know? Mm-hmm. You could use LiveWire and remix things and create another thing off of it, of course. 
Um, but I think what it is, is if there's something there, there has, right. Competition is key to this, but you've already identified that with the cowboy boot scenario. Um, I mean, the difference is like the cowboy boots were there first, the people building the cowboy boots. So were Laravel dev or Livewire dev tools. Right. So Livewire dev tools is a, is a feature off of Livewire. Sure. So it's a, it's because it's a derivative. Yes. So open source is first come first serve as long as it's not a derivative work. Well, let's talk about it. Um, let's start there. Can we? Can we? Because is, if, is that can we if, establish that? Like, should we at least? You tell me. Well, because well, like, so like, say it wasn't a live wire thing, okay. right? Um, say there was, like, say okay, here is a great example, right? So like, say I um, make a make a package, right? That is like a really like. Like Faker. Faker is a great example, okay. right? Yeah. So like Faker, say the guy from Faker didn't actually like just quit doing Faker, yeah. right? Which he did. But like, say he didn't. Say he was like feeding his children with Faker. Sure. And he had like an active GitHub sponsors thing and he was just like doing yep. Faker, mm -hmm. right? But like a lot of his Faker installs come through other frameworks. Well, let's just say Laravel. They like they all come through Laravel. Well, let's not say they all come through Laravel. Let's say like a a big portion of them sure. come through Laravel, right? And then at some point, Taylor's just like, I don't like having this in my composer JSON. Right. Like I'm I've gotten like horny for the idea <laughs> of having less dependencies. And so I'm just gonna kill and There's a few features I would do differently. Like I would build this API differently. So he's gonna create just yeah. or or even if his he faker facade. Doesn't. Let's just say he doesn't. Word. Right? Okay, whatever. And he just is like, I want to kill this. I bet I could write the features I need in a weekend. Yeah. So I'm going to kill Faker. I'm going to rewrite Faker. And I'm going to implement that in Laravel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he just took 40 grand a year out of that guy's kid's mouth. Okay. Yep. Right? Sure. Um, is that okay? Yeah, that's a really interesting one because uh, that is definitely more like the big guy ripping off the little guy, like the big guy eating the little guy and not. So sure. But Faker let's let Faker was there first, yeah. right? Faker was there before 100%. Laravel was there. So like started out, Faker was the big guy. Oh, well, I mean, Faker, uh, I mean, I like in sort of in like project scope, like yeah, they yeah, don't, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not a one-to-one sure, -one sure, at sure. all. Um, but so let's say like, let's say Taylor does that. Mm -hmm. This is interesting because this is the root of all these problems is we don't have patents. We don't have copyrights. We have the like. No, you do. You intentionally waived them. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, we just like immediately bought into this open source thing with this MIT license that says, Taylor, go for it. Fork the thing. Copy and paste the entire code base. Call it something else and never give me credit. That yep. is legally fine and we agreed mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. we signed that paper yep dude i mean like it's possible that like the result of this is that we need a better license for <laughs> all these nuances um they exist sure okay like the gp the gpl is well way no i mean i'm saying something that uh there are many many good sure. copyleft licenses i'm not saying copyleft like because I, I think that's like extreme you know um, okay. I'm saying something that is like, like, what if it was even like, 
I don't know. We'd have to think about about it. But um, but anyway, so I would say that's allowed. Taylor can do that. And that's why we're left with these moral conundrums because there are no legal conundrums. You can do anything you want well, right. legally. So right. that so now mm-hmm. you're left with these ethical conundrums. And in that case, the faker guy innovated, created something of value, and now Taylor is taking that, absorbing it, and killing that guy. And mm-hmm. to me, it's within his rights. It's not cool. It's within his legal rights. Is it even cool? No, it's not cool. Dude, that, that's the thing that's like super nebulous. But here's the example of like, if I, if I fork Laravel, call it mm-hmm. Schmaravel, mm-hmm. get people and add one feature, add that faker feature. Well, like here's, here's a great example, right? The fam thing. Okay. Say I do the fam yes. thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Which kind of works, okay. by the way. That's the side. We'll talk about that right. next week. Um, but say I release fam and it's a great success and it's basically like a base query builder based yep. relationship class. And we talked, about we talked about how like the thing Taylor should do is like just, just create write colon, a base colon, relationship or whatever. Yeah. Well, and just create a base relationship and then build all the other relationships sure. as extensions yeah. of it. Yeah. Right. Say Taylor, hears the episode and is like, hmm, that's good. I'll write that on my like six months from now. Think yep. about it to do list. Right. Then in the next six months, I like build a whole business around fam and I'm like, I've got all these GitHub sponsors coming in and my whole life is fam. Yep. Right. Then. Taylor like comes around and is like, oh yeah, I should do that thing, right? Oh look, here Daniel just did it. I'll just steal the class, stick it in Illuminate support or Illuminate database eloquent relationship.php, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and uh great. Now that's just a first party part of Laravel. My whole business is dead. Yep. Um totally. But that is a derivative work. Yeah. So this is an interesting one because in that case, my gut says Go for it, Taylor. Like, you know, Daniel just made like a small innovation in the corner of of Laravel and Eloquent that like the amount of innovation that y- and originality that you've provided for Daniel to step on top of and then just make mm-hmm. one step above does not mm-hmm. justify him getting to preserve that step above. You get to you get to make that step above. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you laid the mm-hmm. foundation for everything that is that he already relies and depends and profits from for this podcast for titan for every app he's mm-hmm. ever built for every talk he's ever given you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it's it's like we all have to figure out this who has more in the bank of originality and an offering and value offering you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like you mm-hmm. don't want to trounce somebody and the more imbalanced it is the more unethical the trouncing is um, you know, like, so in that case, go sure. for it, Taylor. So like in a perfectly fair world, right? In a perfectly fair world, uh, we would be able to accurately calculate how much of the value of Laravel was created by importing fam. Sure. Yes. Right? And so maybe. And then I would just own that small you get that portion stake of, Laravel. of Laravel for sure. Yeah. Like in a perfect world, I would just get the exact proportional value of my labor. Dude, oh my gosh. Right? And like, it would be like, well, Taylor's done 50,000 times more labor on Laravel than I have. So I'm getting, I'm getting like one fifty thousandth of the value of Laravel maybe for this, right? Like. But there's so, yeah, it's, it's an unknowable right. problem. But think about. And that's the thing is that like, I think generally, 
like the reason there aren't good answers to these questions is because we we live in a fundamentally unfair system, right? And so trying to sit around to determine what's fair inside of a fundamentally unfair system of labor is like nothing's fair, you know? Nothing's fair. We're just trying to do as little harm as possible here. That's I mean that's you totally know? what it is. Um Yep. Agreed. Sorry, I'm getting the I'm getting the though you said five o'clock and it's five thirteen. Um okay. it's all good, but but I mean this is like the most interesting stuff. We should totally pick this up. Um let's pick it up. They're like I'm thinking of like Android, you know? Mm-hmm. Like other apps did um did screen dimming, you know, did like warm night, whatever. I can't even flux, you know? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now it's part of Mac. I love that it's part of Mac. Yeah. I don't want to install it's a freaking separate app. Yeah, exactly. It's called Sherlocking. I referenced it on the last show. I said yeah, if, if did. he gets his Sherlock hat on. But like so that, that's something Apple is known for is just like taking a great app and being like, thanks, we'll build that. Well, here's hell. the thing with this. So fam, this is what I really mean when I say open source is not first come first serve. And call me on it. But you build fam. Oh, so now, I, now I'm restricted from being able to come up with that innovation on my own. It incentivizes me to ignore the rest of the world, which I do because I don't want to like be super excited about everybody's thing that I can never build anything for my own, you know, because mm-hmm. like, oh, all the good ideas are taken. It's like how it's like how producers don't accept scripts from people. Oh, because that means yeah. that if they ever wanted to make it. that movie exactly. and then they're like, oh, no, you subconsciously stole it. That's from this what it guy. is. I don't want to be yeah. liable for subconscious thievery. So I actually drown out a ton like I try my best to drown everything out so that nobody can say, and I can say honestly, oh, I had no freaking idea. Like I was just going about my day innovating, you know? And that's the thing yeah. where like it's puts Taylor in a tough position when you introduce an innovation, you've now locked him up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. open source is not first come first serve. You don't get to just lock Taylor up because you were the first one to do it because you're the one who had all the time on your hands benefiting off of his labor. He didn't have the time because he's building the thing that you, that you innovated on, you know? Yep. That's what I mean when I say open source is not first come for serve. That is my belief. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is that like, there's never a truly level playing field, right? Like Taylor always does have an advantage in any competition for sure. Right. And he earned some percentage of that advantage, but he also got some percentage of that advantage based on other people's Simply. labor, right? Exactly. Well, it's like, and that's the thing: is like everyone benefits from everyone else's labor. It's impossible to calculate like what an actual fair percentage is, yep. right? And like we don't calculate at all in there like what people need. We only calculate like what people can mm-hmm. get, right? And that's just like it's an unfair system. But like, say la vie, like we live in an unfair world, you know. Um, Dude, if there were patents yeah, we in open source and in programming, I mean, there are software patents, but like, but like Microsoft tried to do that. Let's at just one say point. that I I patent like, like I'm like, uh, oh, you can't send HTML. I'm patenting HTML over the wire. You know, yeah. I mean, other uh-huh. people did it before me. Let's say they patented it, and then they came at me. We'll call it H O T wire. Right. They came at me and yeah. were like, your product is based on HTML over the wire, and then I would be yeah. like, oh well, shit, man. Well, HTML over the wire is based on TCP, so get out yeah. of here. That's the thing with software. It builds and builds and builds, and the thing... It's, yeah, dude. It's I mean, it's it's all about um, having the uh, authority and reach, and you get that. You get the brand authority and reach by innovating a lot and providing a lot of value. That's what it is. And then you get the upper hand. 
Well, and the thing is that like we've just, as open source has become a business, we've just gotten greedier, right? The people who invented TCP are not here with their hands out asking for your money. Yeah. Oh, we've gotten so much greedier. Right. Yeah. Uh, the you know C plus the C compiler GCU GNU whatever the, yeah GCC yeah, GNU compiler GCC whatever GCC yeah yeah. yeah yeah um you know he's like yeah live it up Linus is like no well yeah that's I think that's Stallman yeah, who wrote GCC yeah and it's like he doesn't give a fuck he doesn't want your he, money didn't he invent copy like, left? He intentionally well yeah he invented like open source so right. he is the yep. that chairman of the he free would be software looking foundation. at us he would be so pissed he would be so I mean I'm he hates GitHub. he is. He is. He is pissed and he hates yeah. GitHub and we are a part of the problem. We are anti-open source, dude. Well, we're pro and anti, right? It's yes, a it dichotomy. Is. We have to do a whole other episode about okay. this. We don't have we don't time. freaking time, dude. Okay. My laptop also just got Sick, here. Sick, dude. Cue the outro music now yeah. and go check out the laptop. Boom. Boom.